G'day friends, welcome back. If you're a Saints fan and you're not super pumped about this season, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, while I am not, you know, I don't think that we're going to be lifting the cup at the end of this year. I'm very optimistic about what we're going to be able to achieve. I think, you know, I had us finishing just outside the top four, and I'd say that's still the most likely outcome for us. But after what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if we snuck in. And that is huge. And I'm giddy with excitement for next weekend and the weekend after when we actually, those of us in Melbourne actually get to go to a Saints game. Um, so I thought I'd do a whole episode about St Kilda for the second time. I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to sort of touch on the events of the preseason, go through the, the two games we had, the scratch match against... God, I, I really struggle to say scratch match. The scratch match against North Melbourne and the Amy Community Series game against Carlton from last week. And then I'm going to run through every single player on our list. That's right. This could be a long one. I'm going to run through every single player on our list, you know, briefly. Um, I'm going to say sort of where they're at, who they are. Some of them are a lot, are a lot less known than others. I'll say who they are and what I think their year is going to look like. And then I will do my prediction of what our round one team is going to look like. Many players from our best side will not be in that team. So I think it's going to be a very interesting lineup round one. So I'm going to do all of that just, just so we can get even more pumped about what the season's going to bring. All right, let's get into it. First up, pre-season form. Well, I'm very pleased with what I've seen so far. Let me just say that. We were just about the most informed team of February and early March, which, you know, is not where you want to be the most informed team, but there's nothing wrong with it either. Um, we So they cut the pre-season down to one game from two just to limit... The travel as much as possible which is fair enough so all the interstate teams played each other as in they played their other team in their state and then it was just all the victorian teams playing each other um but before that they there was a bunch of scratch matches and we played north melbourne and we demolished them by 91 points i think it was now you can say oh it's just a pre-season game wasn't even that it was just a scratch match and it was just that but given like given the difference between 
big difference that's going to be between last season and this season, the shortened preseason, all the different factors. All the clubs took these games seriously. Not fully seriously. They don't, like, you know, if they lost, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. There were no premiership points on the line. But these were real dress rehearsals for players, for game plans, for all of it, right? Especially the Amy series game. That's the only chance they got to really practice everything they'd worked on for the whole summer. So they took it seriously. And, you know, the scratch match against North Melbourne, yeah, we like we don't get to watch a replay. Um, yeah, if you didn't catch it live, you just straight up missed it. They had the highlights. I think there's some um, of it going around on YouTube, like replays of the match, which is fine. Um, and, like, the footage wasn't sensational. But I did like what I saw from a few players. Like, Higgins looked really sharp. Obviously, Mason Wood was excellent, kicked four goals. I was relatively happy with what I saw from Crouch. Like, I'm not sold on him yet, but he hasn't upset me so far, so he's doing okay. Um, and I was just quite impressed with how ruthless we were in a scratch match. Like, 91 points is, like, no joke. Like, we didn't take the foot off the pedal once we got 10 points in front. 10 points, 10 goals in front, sorry. Just kept going. And, like, North know they're going to be finishing right down the bottom of the ladder. So they they would have been trying really, really hard to get their season off to a good start. And to get pummeled like that in a match that didn't even mean anything, like, that's pretty serious. And, yeah, so even though it was against North Melbourne, who are going to be right down the very bottom, if not bottom, bottom, they'll be second bottom, um, I was still impressed. But then I got to go to the Carlton game last week and I was watching a lot of things. I was watching like how the new rule, the, the stand rule was working. I was watching a lot of things. And look, I'll briefly touch on the stand rule. I wasn't a fan to begin with. I thought it looked really bad. Some of the, like, the free kicks we were seeing given away. But having seen that game live, I'm on board. I'm so on board. It has completely changed the way the game was played. Completely. No more of those little 15-meter lateral kicks. No more. That man on the mark not being able to move is going to increase scoring across the season by, I don't know, 30 to 40%. Dead set. I can tell from one game that, like, the high scoring over the Amy series is not a coincidence. It's not random. It's not a fluke. It can be what we should expect. Not 100% of the time. There'll still be some low scoring games. But on average, scoring is going to increase. I guarantee it. Okay, so a couple of things that I'm super, super wrapped with and a couple of things that I thought were more interesting than exciting. Jack Sinclair, off halfback. That is the position he was born to play. Oh my God. He, like, I've always thought he was such a great player and, like, how he's... I didn't agree with how he sort of struggled to maintain his spot in the team over the last three or four years. He's sort of been 
in and out, but when he was in, he was in for long stretches. Like the start of last year, he wasn't in the team for a couple of months, but like he is such a good ball user. And off halfback, he could also be an accumulator. He could be really, really damaging to opposition teams, like Caleb Daniel level of damaging. I'm not saying he will be as good a player, but he could be as damaging, if that makes sense, right? Love the look of him in that position. Another thing I really liked, again, was Higgins. He may have kicked one goal three, but he was everywhere. He had like 19 disposals. Another very similar player to that, Loney. I did not have Loney in our best team the start of the year, but he might be now. He kicked four goals. Some of them were gimmies, but he still got himself in the right position, and he had 20-odd disposals as well. Like, I think St. Kilda has made their own mosquito fleet, like Richmond, that could, like, it's going to be really, really hard to defend the setup that we've got. Really, really hard, which is really exciting. Um, even though he only played the last quarter, I was really impressed by what I saw from Bytel. I think he's going to play a lot of footy this year. Not like every game, but he might play a dozen or so games, I would anticipate. Um, really liking how how it is going. Obviously, he was already a gun, but he looks to have gone to another level. He looks so composed and so on top of everything that's happening. He's been promoted to the leadership group and he looked like a backline general in that game against Carlton. Very, very on top of absolutely everything. The combo of him and Wilkie, I have complete faith in. Complete. Um, I, was, I was very impressed with the entire game style taking the corridor, moving the ball quickly. Like obviously, we've been trying to do that for the last couple of years, be a faster team, but this is the best I've seen it executed ever. Like with this current sort of list, like this last, although this list is very, very like money ball type, not money ball, but like lots of players in from other teams. It's not homegrown, if that makes sense. But like this sort of recent list, I've never seen ball movement like this. We are going to be so hard to beat at Marvel. Under the roof, on that really quick deck, it is going to be a nightmare for teams to come and play us at Marvel, which is also really, really exciting. A um, couple of things I found odd about that Carlton game. Brad Crouch, I know he's not playing in rounds one or two. He's got to finish off that suspension, which is fine. But he only played limited minutes. He, he, like, I don't know exactly when he started and finished his game time, but he came on and off the ground just at random, it seemed. He only had 12 touches, and he didn't do anything impressive, at least to me, in that game, which I thought was strange. Like, given he isn't going to be able to play until April, like, get some, like game time into him like try to get him try to keep him as fresh as possible as conditioned as possible excuse me i thought it was strange how little he played um same with tom highmore who i'll talk about a bit later but he's been the 
one of the you know players that's been most buzzed about at St Kilda, and there's a really solid chance he's going to play in round one. Seems almost definite. Um, really solid chance he's going to play in round one. And he also had very limited minutes. If Frawley hadn't injured himself in the first quarter, Highmore may not have come on until until the last quarter. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but I thought they would have wanted to get game time into him as well. I trust what they're doing. I'm sure they have a plan, but I guess we'll have to wait until the round one team is announced to know what their intentions are with him. Um... That'll do for the, for the preseason talk. I was really impressed that, you know, Carlton are going to be good this year and they fought back late in that game and we held them off and were able to just push back out to that sort of four-goal margin after they, you know, got within one got within um, one kick. So it showed a bit of maturity in a game that didn't matter and just that we always had the game under our control. It was just, you know, how much... They sort of paced themselves in that second half. That first half was done at breakneck speed. But in that second half, they paced themselves, didn't let Carlton get back in front, and just controlled the game, I thought. So two very different halves of football, both which I liked quite a lot. Okay, this is going to be... Like, I want to do this. I want to go through the entire list just for any listeners who are very casual fans, maybe listeners who, you know aren't really into AFL that much. Maybe they are, but, you know, they don't... Maybe they're interested in how the Saints are going to go and they don't know a lot about some of the St Kilda players. I don't know. But I just thought it might be a good idea to go through the entire list, which I think is like 40... 40 players? I think it's 40 or 39, something like that. Um, Go through every, every player and talk about where they're at. So... Let's begin that. Let me have a drink of water before I embark on this journey. We're going to start at the top. And when I say the top, I mean the highest number, jumper number, being 45, which is Sam Alabacus. Oh, you don't know who that is? Shocking. Um, He's a ruckman, ex-basketball player from Perth, I believe. And he is as tall as Mason Cox is. He's 210 centimetres sky high. Um, He's never played a game. And unfortunately, I don't know if he ever is going to play a game. This is his his third preseason that he's just wrapped up. And he's one of those very lanky ruckmen who they say has to build his body. Oh, we're, you know. Getting him to AFL fitness. He's got to build his body, yada, yada, yada. I don't think he's ever going to get there. Because if he was going to get there, they wouldn't have needed to go and get Paul Hunter. And they needed to go and get Paul Hunter. So, Alabacus is like a last, last, last resort as a Ruckman. Um, Maybe he gets picked up by another team in the future when he's filled out a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he goes back to basketball. I don't know. Um, seems like a nice guy, but unfortunately, I don't know if he's ever going to play AFL. Not a great start, <laughs> but the next next number, number 44, my man, Chris Martin, Callum Wilkie. Two years ago, or two and a bit years ago, he was an accountant in Adelaide. Now he's played 41 games and he's in St Kilda's leadership group and he is one of the most reliable defenders in the entire AFL. And I really think he has the potential 
by the end of his career to be an All-Australian, maybe on more than one occasion. I, I don't think that is hyperbole. He is so underrated and so impressive, especially one-on-one. More people are going to start to notice. The more St Kilda does well, the more he will be noticed. Right? He almost never gets beaten one-on-one, which is a really underrated thing to be able to say about yourself. Like, and he's only played 41 games. He's only played 41 games. Imagine what he's going to be like when he's played 100 games. Like, he, he's, he's, a, he's a very sort of like, you know, quiet, like, d- doesn't do any flashy stuff. He just gets the job done, and I love that about him. And you can tell how highly rated he is at the club because he's been put in the leadership group, right? Next up is our brand new Ruckman, who's also never played a game. He's 28 years of age, but he spent a little bit of time on Adelaide's list some years ago. Um, Paul Hunter, and it has been confirmed with the injury to Marshall and Ryder taking personal leave that he will be playing his first match in round one. Um, I don't think if either Ryder or Marshall are available that Hunter would ever get a game as a second ruck. It's hard to say that given he's never played a proper game, but he was serviceable in the in the game last week against Carlton, but not uh, impressive, if I'm being honest. I'm going to try and be honest with all these player reviews. Um, I think he's a good backup. And he seems to be, like, more agile than a standard Ruckman, which I kind of like. Um, and I think he'll do really well against GWS, given they haven't got any of either of their main Ruckman in. Mumford or Bruce won't be playing. Um, I'm wrapped that he's going to get to debut, because he, you know, he seems to have really worked for it. Um, but yeah, the jury's out on him. We'll see how he goes before I judge him too harshly. But yeah, off what I saw, he's, you know, a very serviceable... Backup, backup Ruckman for us, I would say. Next up is number 39, Dara Joyce. Dara Joyce has played five games. Uh, Irish background. He, he's he been on the list for a number of years now. I think four or five years he's been at the Saints. And he's just played the five games. He's a key defender. And there's been a little bit of talk about him maybe playing in round one. But I don't think... Oh, I just... I think he's really good. Players like him are good to have on a list for like when you need to have a key defender at training. Because they're still good to have around, but I just don't think he's AFL ready. There's, I don't know, just I've, I've seen him play the five games and he doesn't fill me with confidence. I would, ne- I would not ever choose to have him in the team, you know? Um... Yeah, let's move on. Next up is Oscar Claverino. They've talked him up a little bit the last couple of pre-seasons, you know. He's a key defender as well. Really liked among the group. He's still young. He's like 21 or 22. Um, I think he will play footy at some point. It might not even be at St Kilda, but I think the way they've talked up his potential, um, I think he's going to play some footy at AFL level. Don't know if he's going to be like a 100, 200 gamer. Don't know. But he will play footy at some point for sure, going off what I've heard about him. 
Um, next up is Leo Connolly. He's a sort of um, second or third round draft pick from a couple of years ago. He's a midfielder. Um, don't really know a whole lot about him. He's never played a game. Um, he's still young. He's only his second preseason, I believe. Um, but like, there's been a little bit of talk about him during last year. I think he might have been an emergency once last year. Um, but yeah, he, he, from what I've seen of him in like photos at training and stuff, he looks like he's still quite a skinny kid, so he might need to fill out a bit before he can get a game. But um, yeah, hard, hard to say too much about him. Next up is Daniel McKenzie. Daniel McKenzie is one of the most interesting players on our list, if you ask me. He's played 49 games. Um, he's 24 years of age, so this is his sixth year. Um, and I think... Oh, I don't know if he's a good player or not. I think he's being played in the wrong position. He's been a defender for pretty much his entire career. It seems like he's he's almost there to being a good player. That's why he's played 49 games. He's He's been stuck on 49 for a while. He didn't play a game last year. Um... He might play this year. I don't know. They played him in the preseason, both preseason games, as a tagger in the midfield, which I thought was interesting. He only played the last quarter in um, the Carlton game, so he didn't really get to do a whole lot. But in that North game, he was playing as a tagger, which I thought was interesting. So, you know, we, we do have quite a lot of halfback, um, small defender-type players, so maybe he's going to get some midfield time this year. Although our midfield does run very deep, so it might be hard for him to get a game. But he's a player I could totally see getting picked up by another club. Like a, like a club that needs a little bit more depth in that sort of halfback midfield role. He could definitely fill that. Um, but yeah, he might now struggle to get games at the Saints, given where Alice is at. But good player, good player, underrated. Next is a player who I think is going to tear the competitions to shreds this year, and that is Jack Sinclair. He's on 98 games, so in round two, I hope to see him celebrate his 100th game milestone. That'll be very exciting. But in this new position at halfback, I don't think anyone has any idea how big his potential is. I think everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's going to be great at halfback. He's going to be awesome. I don't think anyone knows how awesome. We, we got a little taste of it in these couple of preseason games. He could finish top three in our best and fairest. Seriously. Like, he's such a good player. He's so consistent. And oh, it, he, is, he is the player I am most excited to watch this year. Forget... Brad Hill getting to play 20-minute quarters. Forget Max King in his second season. Sinclair is the player I am most excited to see. I can't, like, just the 35 jumper, like, accumulating possessions again is a nice thought. I haven't been saying the jumper numbers. So, Sinclair is 35, McKenzie was 36, Connolly was 37, and Claverino was 38. Excuse me for that. Um, but yeah, Sinclair, oh, he is going to rip the competition apart with those beautiful, enormous calves. Okay, jumper number 34, player I mentioned just before, Tom Highmore. Um, 
tallish defender, 193 centimetres, not mega tall, but not definitely not small. They call him a Cal Wilkie clone, which I would take any day of the week. And I think he might be playing in round one, despite the, the limited minutes for him in the Carlton game. I They're talking him up a lot. They're talking him up a lot. He was a second round pick, I think, last year, in the 30s somewhere. Um, mature age pick, he's 23, I think he is. Um, but yeah, the, the amount of talk around him from, from rats and the, the club, if he doesn't play round one, it'll be soon after. Um, it'll be interesting to see. The, the problem with round one, which I'll get to a bit more when I do my team prediction, is they got the, they're going to have three tall forwards. They're going to have Riccardi, Himmelberg, and Finlayson, none of whom are two metres tall, but they're all over 195. Himmelberg might, might be 194, but they're all tall. Right, so having just Howard as the tall defender, like the tall, tall defender, don't know if that's the way they're going to go. But Highmore, the few things that he did in the Carlton game, I was all very happy with. Like, he seems to be a very good decision maker, which you want in a defender. Um, Backline is very hard area of the ground to play, unless you're like sort of that midfield halfback flanker. Apparently, that's a very easy position. But the position he'll be playing, which will be dealing with those big boys, is going to be hard. So if he does get dropped in the deep end round one, we will see exactly how he goes. Number 33, uh, the unluckiest bloke at the club, Ben Patton, gets tackled in an intra-club and breaks his leg. So he won't be playing this year. He's on 35 games, um, which is a bummer because last year he was a really big part of why we did so well. Probably the most underrated player at the club is the most underrated player at the club. He's got to be up there as one of the most underrated players in the AFL. He got the job every week on the opposition's most dangerous small forward, and he almost never got a goal kicked on him. Got a couple of goals kicked on him for the whole year. He does not concede goals. So to lose that is going to suck, but Jimmy Webster will be able to step right in, do a very similar role. Um, but yeah, we'll see Patton back next year and he'll definitely slot right back into the side once his leg's all good. Um, yeah, hopefully the boys sort of get around him because it's going to be rough. He's a young player still and doing that long year of rehab is going to suck. Okay, number 32 is Mason Wood. Another one of our new pickups. Um, was very impressed by him in the game against his old club, North Melbourne. He's played 65 games. Um, in, I think, like eight years, seven or eight years at North Melbourne. Um, he's, a, he's a really good player to have. It's good to have these experienced players as backup, right? Because, like, he'll, he'll step in if a memory goes down or Max King or Josh Battle, one of those boys, right? If they are injured or out for whatever reason, You've got Mason Wood, who is a good player, not super consistent always, but he's a very good player, steps right in, right? It's so important to have those players at the club. This is the most depth I have seen on St Kilda's list in a long, long time. 
long, long time. So it's really good to have wood there as one of those. Number 31, Ryan Burns played just the one game against, might have been against Adelaide last year. Um, I think he had like five touches and was very, very unimpressive. Um, so he didn't get to play the next week. He's on the long-term injury list as well. I don't know if he's out for the season or if he's just out for a while. Um, but again, with, with our midfield depth, he may struggle to get a game. Um, they do, they do like rate him within the club as far as I'm aware, but this year, maybe not, maybe not enough game for Mr. Burns. Okay. Next up, number 30, another one of our draft picks from last year, Matthew Allison, um, a, a tall forward, I believe. Um, obviously also hasn't played a game yet. Hasn't been as much buzz around him as there has been around Highmore, the other draft pick. Um, so, you know, he, he, he will develop, you know, now that, now that we've got these players like McKernan and Wood, who will, for a large part of the year, be in the twos as well, he's going to have these experienced key forwards to develop alongside, which I think is really good. All right, next, number 29, Jimmy Webster. Jimmy Webster has not played a senior game since round 8, 2019. He will be playing next week, which is really, really exciting. Um, now, granted, he's only in because Patton is injured, but you've got to take your opportunities where they come. Jimmy Webster has played... How many games has he played? Oh, I've lost him. 93. So he's played 93 games, and... At his best, which was like, you know, 2017, 18, the start of 19, he's a really, really good player. Saints fans who, you know, maybe are sort of new to, to, the, to the Saints team or maybe have forgotten, he was an excellent player. He is an excellent player. He's sort of similar to Patton. He can play that small forward shutdown role very, very well, but the thing that he is good at that I think Patton doesn't quite have is he's very damaging offensively. Webster is an excellent kick of the football. If, you know, the opposition turns it over in their forward 50 and Webster's around, he will gobble it up and he will get us out of there very, very well. Something I've missed seeing. Oh, hi, Obi. Obi rolling around in the background there. Something I think we have missed is having Webster in the team the last year and a half, I think it will be refreshing to see him with that. I think he's another one of those left footers with that silky left foot of his. Okay, number 28, the man who I thought was going to be captain. Silly, silly me, Tim Membry. Tim Membry has played 110 games, and he is one of my favorite players at the club because he's a very unique kind of player. He plays like a key forward. He plays like he's 195 centimetres, but he's not. He's like 188 centimetres or something. And that doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is a big difference. He He's famous for that four-foot vertical leap. Not four-foot, but, you know, he's famous for that. The way he takes a mark, he runs, 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 stops and jumps straight up in the air to catch the ball. That's how he likes it. And he is so good at it. One of the best marks at the club. And... I love that he's still in the leadership group. He's one of the vice captains. I thought he was going to be captain, but shows you what I know. Membry is one of the most important players on the list. Not only is he, well, he is now 
our most experienced forward. He's very versatile. He's kind of like battle. They're very similar. Like, memory can't play it the other end. He can't play in the back line, but he can move up onto the wing. Up onto the wing and sort of run forward or, you know, if need be, he can't, you know, can't play as a defender, but he can just run back and be that extra guy who could take a big intercept mark. Just like if we need to, you know, if we're in dire straits, as it were, he can be that player. Super reliable. He, he had that rough patch in 2019, I think it was, where he you know, couldn't kick straight at all, but he is one of the best kicks for goal that St Kilda's seen in a long time. So can't wait to see more of him leading the club this year. Okay, number 27, Sean McKernan, another one of the new boys. He's played 87 games in, I think, like a 12-year career. He started his career at Adelaide, then he went to Essendon. Now he's with the Saints, and he'll be playing round one as well, for sure. He'll be the backup ruckman to Hunter. And I like what the Saints have done the last couple of years with the players like McKernan. So the end of 2018, we picked up Sam Rowe, ex-Carlton player, key, well, key defender, sort of key slash forward as well, slash ruckman. End of 2019, we picked up, sorry, at the end of 2019, we delisted Sam Rowe, picked up Ryan Abbott, right? No, sorry, must have been the year ahead. End of 2019, we got Sam Rowe. End of 2020, we got rid of Ryan Abbott. Yeah, 2020, we had Ryan Abbott, again, Ruckman, sort of slash key forward. And now for the third year in a row, we've picked up a an older, more experienced Ruckman slash key position player that's a backup player, right? I think McKernan will play more footy than Rowe and Abbott did, maybe even be on the list for more than 12 months. But I really like that they're, like, they're being really smart with their recruiting. They're being so smart with their recruiting, St Kilda. So smart. It's so good to have these depth players. And when they pick them up, they would, they'd be honest with them. They would say, look, you, you're on, like being honest with you, you're not going to be in our best team, but you might play half a dozen games, maybe 10 games, depending on what happens. We don't know, but we need you at our club. We want you at our club, right? We value what you bring. Like you can't have too many experienced players. It doesn't matter if they're playing in the, in the ones or not. It's good to have him around. And McKernan's going to be really good to have around. I think once, I mean, by round four, we could have Marshall and Ryder back in the team. So McKernan will be out, obviously. But it's really good to have him as a backup. And he's a good player. He has only played 87 games, but he's a good player. Saw against Carlton, he's a really good mark, and he reads the ball really well. So he's a good player. All right, number 26, one of the best young players at the club, Josh Battle, I mentioned him before. The trio of Battle, Membry, and King is going to be delicious to watch. It's going to be so good to watch. I love that Battle is now the ultimate swingman. So he'll play forward most of the time now. I think he's settled there for the bulk of his career, I would imagine. But he's the man. If we need an extra big boy in defense, he's the one that goes back. 193 centimetres as well. Perfect mix of 
athleticism and height and size. He is a really, really well-constructed footballer, if that makes sense, right? And he's got the agility and the engine to play on a wing as well. as a really, really big midfielder. Um, because Battle can play in any position on the ground, even as a backup ruckman, if you really, really need him, like, he is so valuable to the team. And barring injury, he'll play every single game this year. He's got a big future ahead of him, and I feel like he's maybe not a br- big breakout year, but he's certainly going to just get more notoriety this year, I would say. He's, well, he'd be 22 now, 23. It's it's time for him to blossom. Okay, number 25, Dean Kent. Unfortunately for Kent, I think... Now that we have our, our small forwards, some of whom are half-time midfielders, but our small forwards are now Butler, Loney, Higgins, Gresham, Billings, and Kent. And I think Kent is at the end of that line. All those other guys are in our best team. Kent isn't quite in there. And it would probably take an injury to at least two of them for him to get in. I think he's a, he's a good player, and again, with the whole depth thing, it's great to have him. He, he's played 91 games, so he, he probably gets to the 100, maybe even this year. He could squeeze out nine games this year. Um, it's really good to have him. Nice, nice left footer, but he's not consistent enough, I think, to play regularly. I do like him, though. All right, next up. James Frawley. I was so excited when we picked up Frawley. First, I was confused. I was like, did he retire? Is he going to be able to play? And then, you know, there was the talk of how Hawthorne sort of forced him to retire. And I was like, oh, wait, what's going on here? Premiership player, another Hawthorne premiership player coming to St Kilda after Hill and Roughhead. And Ratton was an assistant coach when they were winning premierships. Like... What's going on here? Like, some of these Hawthorne dynasty players are coming to help us win a flag. And Frawley definitely would have been our number two key defender after Howard. He would have been in the team, but he went and did his hamstring in a preseason game, and he's going to miss two months. Like, he's probably, he might not be back until after the bye. It's like when you're older, like, these injuries that can be really easily overcome by younger players, like a hamstring. A hamstring, like he's torn the hamstring off the bone, so fair enough, but hamstring is usually just like a month injury. But just because he, and he wasn't even like running fast, he was just jogging kind of, and he pulled his hamstring, which sucks. Because especially, like he's Danny Frawley's nephew, for those who don't know, and he would have been so keen to play for the Saints. He went for St Kilda going up, as far as I'm aware. So he would have been so keen to play for St Kilda, even if it's just for one year. Now it might only be for half a year. So it's really sad. But if he comes good by finals, who knows what could happen? Who knows? All right. Next up, he wears number 23, and his name is Jack Bytel. He only played the three games... Last year, I would have had him play more because I was really, really impressed with everything I saw from him. Um, In like round, I don't know, like 14 or something last year, we got absolutely smashed by Geelong. 
It was his first game, and he was one of the best players in the team. He, there's been a lot of talk about him, a lot of talk, like he, he would have been a very high draft pick, they say, except for a back injury he had in his draft year. Um, so he is very highly rated, and his ceiling has been spoken of as being very high, if that's the way that sentence should be said. Um, I was really impressed with what I saw from him in that one quarter against Carlton, and he will be playing a fair bit of footy this year, and he's going to be really good. He'll, he'll be good as, like now that sort of Ross and Sinclair are going to be moving to that backline role, and Hanabry is getting old and just can't seem to get his body right, like Bytel will be that first player who comes in if there's an injury, right? He'll be in. He might play round one. It's hard to say. I think if it looks like Jones is going to be in. So if Jones is in, I don't think Bytel will fit. But, you know, don't know how Crouch is going to go. He's very injury prone. Hanover's very injury prone. It's good to have Bytel there because he's ready to play some footy. Okay, next up, Jack Higgins. Oh, the, the boyhood St. Kilda fanatic. There is... Two separate bits of footage of him at two different St. Kilda games as a child, like celebrating it. Like he, he, he would sit at the boundary line at St. Kilda games and there's footage of him from one of the grand finals and then from that game in 2005 where we smashed Brisbane by 140 points. I've, I was watching that Brisbane game just for fun and I saw him. I was like, fuck, that's Jack Higgins. And he's like seven years old. Like I see him. <laughs> but... I think Richmond, obviously he had enormous potential, but for some reason Richmond didn't want to harness it and unleash it. I think maybe, like, you know, maybe he didn't want to give it his all at the club he didn't go for as a kid. Because, like, apparently he's not just a Saints fan. He's a Saints fanatic. Like, he's a nutter, like me, right? So... I think we will, when he kicks his first goal, whether it's next week or the week after, whenever, when he kicks his first goal, it's a real goal in a Saints jumper, it's going to be huge. Like, his nickname is Snags, because he loves kicking goals, and he kicks lots of goals. Like, it's going to be huge when Snags gets his first Saints snag. I'm excited for that. All right, next up is Ben Long. Number 21. He's played 45 games, Ben Long, so he's going to bring up the 50 pretty early in the season. Um, oh, last year, I was really, really impressed with how he was going. I, I like that he he's like our X factor in the back line. That's the best way to describe him. He did a couple of things in the game against Carlton. Where I was like, why'd you do that? Like, he, 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 he needs to find that line between doing the flashy stuff that sort of lifts the team and gets everyone pumped and doing silly stuff that he's just going to fuck up and turn the ball over. Like there was one point in the Carlton game last week where he deliberately ducked into a tackle trying to get a free kick. He had the ball. Um, the free kick wasn't paid. The umpire didn't fall for it. Ball spilled out. Carlton got a goal. And he did that instead of trying to pass the ball off to one of the players around him that was free. When Carlton kicked the goal, Dougal Howard, who was the closest player to him, decapitated him. 
like I was I was watching. We were it was down the end where we were sitting, and Howard absolutely ripped him to shreds in a preseason game. You could see him screaming, and you could also see Long go like, "Yeah, fuck, all right, I guess I did the wrong thing." So, if he can get that sort of arrogant style of play out of his system and become much more composed and sensible all the time and not get suspended all the bloody time like he did last year, he'll be a really, really good player. And for the first few years of his career, he's played as a forward despite having been drafted as a defender. He has now found his spot. Him... He's like Sinclair. He was born to play halfback. He's really, really good at it. All right, next up is the man I just spoke about, Dougal Howard. Recently promoted to the leadership group, and there's a good reason for that. He is the most composed player at the club. I I can see how he's going to direct traffic and control everything happening in our back line, and I trust him Fully, having only watched him play for one year, he's only played 64 games. His first year at St Kilda was last year. I trust him completely. Which, you know, you wouldn't normally say about a young defender after them being at your club for one year. But he's going to be shouldering that key defensive position for the next decade. And I reckon he's totally on top of it. Okay, next up is number 19, Rowan Marshall. He's played 52 games, Rowan Marshall. And yeah, he is going to miss the first two, three, maybe four rounds with that foot hotspot. But once he's back, as long as they don't rush him back, let him get his bloody injury right. Once he gets back, he's another, like, he's already had about two breakout years. But this year, like, I really thought that Marshall, as our, like, Equal number one ruck. I don't think Marshall or Ryder would be our number one ruck. They're going to do 50-50 because they're both so good in the forward line as well. I think Marshall as our number one ruck could have been like talked about in all Australian contention this year. Like I think he is so primed to become one of the elite ruckmen in the competition. He's just got that feeling about him. So I'm really, really excited for him to come back. All right, next up is his... Is his Buddy and mentor, Paddy Ryder, number 18, who's played 250, no, 205, excuse me, more games than Marshall has. He's played 257, so very, very experienced. Um, I would say that this is probably going to be his last year, probably, given his age. Um, I hope that whatever the, the personal stuff he has going on, you know, goes well and he, you know, starts to feel better sooner um obviously you can take as long as he wants there's you know it literally does not matter at all how much footy he misses it could not matter less what's important is that he's with his family and does whatever he needs to do um but yeah when he comes back i had no idea before he came to st kilda how good of a tap ruckman he was i knew he was all australian obviously a few years ago i had no idea how good he is at tapping the ball to other to other blokes. It sounds so simple, but it's so not. I had no idea how good he is at it. So I'm excited for him to come back. And I hope he, you know, hope he's doing well. Alright, there would have been a number 17, but Dylan Roberton retired. 
last week. I wish him all the best as well. It's the right decision for him and his family, so good on him. Number 16, another one of our gun recruits from a couple of years ago now, Dan Butler. Just the 64 games Butler's played. One of those is a premiership. He's a lucky boy. Um, I don't know if he's going to like improve a whole heap this year because he was fucking awesome last year. So I don't know how much better he could possibly get. But he is our number one small forward. Like, he is going to be... He'll kick the most goals, I would imagine, out of all of them. But he he's the top of the, the, the new Mosquito fleet. He was in Richmond's Mosquito fleet, and now he's in ours. The combo of him and Higgins and Loney and Gresham and Billings and Kent when he's in, like... It is a tasty, tasty proposition to imagine. Really excited to see him repeat his form from last year at the least. All right, next up, number 15, Jack Billings. Jack Billings has played 126 games. He was picked number three all the way back in 2013. Feels like a thousand years ago. But this is his, what, eighth season. Eight seasons for Jack Billings. It feels like he's only just started. He still feels so young, but he's got to be 26 this year. So every single year, everyone says, right, it's time for Billings to become that number three pick. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to be as good as Bontempelli and the other players picked around him. I think they need to decide what position he plays in. Is he a winger? Right, leave him there. Is he a half forward? Right, leave him there. Like, they keep moving him back and forth every year, and I don't think it's helping him. I personally think his best position, at one point I thought it was on the wing, but now I think it's half forward. I think that midfield, forward, mixed role is best for him. Uh, I think he, he can kick 15, 20 goals in a season, and, you know, on his day, he can he can rack up 25, 30 disposals and be our best player. Like, he, he can perform different roles in different games depending on what is required. He's definitely capable of that. And although I think he's out of the leadership group now, he's still a leader. And very, like, there was a couple of years ago, 2019, I think it was, where he got dropped and that was kind of a wake-up call, and he's been really, really consistent since then. Like, consistently one of our best and most reliable players. One of the best left-foot kicks in the AFL. All right, number 14, the co-skipper, formerly the solo skipper, Jaron Geary, our little old reliable small defender, now small forward that's also kind of a defender, Really interesting the way they changed his role up. Changed his role up <laughs> last year, having him play as a forward, but shutting down the opposition's best small defender. So playing a defensive role in the forward 50. And he did it really, really bloody well. Just when you think, like, he is the epitome of you can teach an old dog new tricks, crikey. But, of course, he's on the injury list again. Don't know when he'll be back. 
Doesn't seem like he's going to miss a whole heap of the season. I thought it was going to be a lot more than what they're saying. Um, apparently, it could be round seven or eight that he's back. I don't know if he's in our best team. I don't know if he is, especially if Highmore goes good. Now that Sinclair's playing in the back line, I don't know if Geary's in our best team. There's no space for him in the forward line, especially if all the little fellas are fit. There's no space for him. Anyway, he's on 204 games, so he got that 200 milestone, which he absolutely deserves. He deserves to be a life member of the football club. Um, but yeah, I, I would say this will be his last year. I thought last year was going to be his last year. I thought it should have been. Um, but I think they'll take this one this one season for him to hand over the captaincy fully to Steele. They'll share it for this year. Then Geary will retire at the end of this year, I would imagine, and fully hand it off to Steele. All right, number 13 is worn by Jack Loney. This is like the fourth or fifth Jack we've gone through. He's played 76 games, believe it or not. Um, he's actually quite an experienced player now. He's never been able to really hold down a spot on the list. He nearly went to the Bulldogs at the end of last year. There was a lot of interest. They, I think they even put a contract in front of him, but it wasn't quite what he wanted. So he stayed at St Kilda, and he kicked four goals against Carlton last week. So he'll definitely be playing round one, which is not something I've said about him a lot in the past. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he can hold on to the position. It'll be very interesting. Um, I think he will. I think like he's got to be 24 now, maybe 25 probably 24 so it's time for him if he's serious about this to play consistent footy he's he's a very very good player Jack Loney he doesn't always kick a lot of goals but he can kick important goals and he can get under the opposition's skin there's something about him and Trent Cotchen I've noticed the last couple of times we've played Richmond over recent years he shits him to tears and he did it to um, I think it was Mark Murphy against Carlton last week, he was just annoying him and giving away free kicks. I don't know, it wasn't last week, it was last year when we played Carlton. Anyway, but he's really good at just being that niggling. He's very Stephen Milne-like, although I think he's more liked than Stephen Milne was by people outside the club. Anyway, I think he'll play a lot of footy this year. Be be more consistent, Loney. Alright, number 12. No, it's not Nick Rewalt. It is Maximilian King. I think it's just Max. Max King. He's played just the 18 games, but he's one of the most talked about key forwards in the competition. Stands at 202 centimetres, so he's a big, big boy, and he is filled out. Apparently, he's packed on another five or so kilos, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you can see it in his shoulders, in his arms, across his chest. You can see that he's gotten a bit bigger. And it's going to start happening probably in the second half of the year where he's not going to get out-muscled by key defenders anymore. And that'll be the thing where he finally is able to become this player that we're all waiting for him to become. All right? he's, his hands are going to get more sure, more steady, um, and defenders are just going to start fucking up and getting nervous. Like Jacob Weedering is one of the best defenders in the comp. At the very, very start of Thursday's game last week, he got frazzled. He got frazzled as soon as the ball came in Max's direction. He wrapped his arms around him. He was like, shit, don't let him grab it straight away. He freaked out. And that is what 
King is going to do to the opposition's best key defender a lot of the time. They, they say that King should have gone with pick one or pick two, except for that knee injury that he had in his draft year. So now that he's at St Kilda, the club he went for as a child, he's wearing Nick Rewalt's number, his childhood hero. I can't imagine him going anywhere, which makes me very, very happy. I hope he stays here forever and kicks a thousand goals. Starting with a nice, healthy 50 or 60 this year, I'd say. (laughs) All right, number 11. The man who has the least amount of respect for the tackler in the competition, Hunter Clark. Played the 47 games, so he'll bring up a 50 nice and early as well. Um, Time just seems to stop and sometimes even move in reverse when Hunter Clark has the ball. He can get the ball in traffic get tackled by about seven dudes and not fall over or have any of them hang on to him. He sidesteps and spins and stops at the right moment and steps backwards at the right moment. Like, he is the most calm and composed midfielder that we have. He will be full-on midfielder now. Maybe a little bit of that half-back role he played last year. But he was in the center square for a lot of the time last week. So I think that's where we will see him. And I think that's where he could be really, really damaging because he's very, like this is high praise, but he's very Pendlebury-like in the way he just seems to have all the time in the world when he has the ball, which is, when if he ends up being half the player that Pendlebury's been, I'll be pretty chuffed to tell you the truth. Okay, we're into the top 10 now. This has gone on for some time, so I hope it's been interesting. Number 10 is won by Dan Hannabury. He's played 221 games. He's only played about 10 for St. Kilda, having been here for three years. Um, two years, sorry, two seasons. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They invested a lot of energy and a lot of money into getting Hanabry at the club and he can't get his fucking body to work properly, which is really frustrating. I bet it's frustrating for him. I have no doubt, but it is frustrating for us. Like in like 2015, 2016, he was one of the best players in the competition. And then in that grand final, he did his knee and he has not been the same since. Has not been the same. In the games that he has played, his decision-making and ball use is still elite. He just needs to stop bloody having all these fucking soft tissue problems. I'm so over it. In his first year, fine. He was still coming coming out of it. But last year should have been the end of it. And now he's having more fucking problems in the off-season. I want him to play. It's getting ridiculous. He's 29 years old, I think. He's only got two or three good years left. He might have no good years left. Who knows? But he's, he's so important to have. I want him playing. Having him out there is it's as good as having three extra players out there. Seriously, his experience and his knowledge, so good to have out there. Even if he plays like in a forward pocket, play 85% in the forward line, 15% in the midfield, something like that. I don't know. But he needs to get out on the bloody park. Otherwise, he's just eating into our salary cap unnecessarily. Oh, excuse me. 
Next up, the new captain, number nine, Jack Steele. Another player who's going to bring up a milestone this year. He's on 97 games. Just three off that 100. That'll be a big game. That'll be a big celebration. I didn't think he was going to be named captain just because he'd never been in the leadership group before. And, like, it was it was the obvious choice. He's suddenly become our best player by a mile. Um, and everyone's like, oh, he'll be captain. And I was like, not necessarily. Not just because he's our best player does he automatically now become captain. Um, but apparently that is the case. Um, but I think I think I was wrong about that. Oh, hi, Obes. G'day, mate. Just rolling your sleep. That's all good. I was I was wrong about that assumption. He seems all the leader he needs to be. And to have Gears right next to him will make him an even better leader. And I don't know... He's like Butler. I don't know how much better he could possibly get this year. He had a pretty bloody good year last year. Um, I don't know how much better he could get you this year, but maybe he will. Um, I hope the pressure of being captain, especially while Geary is not available, um, does not affect his performance. I think it won't, because they would know, and he would know, if becoming captain would do that, and they wouldn't have chosen him, and he wouldn't have accepted if it was going to affect how he played. So I trust him completely as our new skipper or co-skipper. Um, I think he could be captain for a long time, because he is also still young. He's only 24 or 25. Um, next up, number eight, the best winger in the competition. Not quite. One of the best wingers in the competition, Bradley Hill. And now that we're back to 20-minute quarters, all the effort and money put into him will now bear fruit, if you know what I mean. Seeing him <laughs> tally up 900 metres gained in the game against Carlton. I know he was pretty much not playing on anyone and he was allowed to do whatever he wanted, but 860, whatever it was, excuse me, metres gained is nuts. And he had like 28 disposals or something and 88% disposal efficiency. Like he, he knows he was not himself last year. He was not up to the standard that he expects of himself and is expected of him by everyone else. Playing full-length games again, playing at Marvel Stadium. Oh, boy. I am giddy with excitement about what that's going to look like. I, I think we, we brought him to the club to change how we played. And now that all the boys are more familiar with him and that the game is going to be better suited to him, or we're going to look like a different team this year. Oh. Okay, next up, number seven is Luke Dunstan. Now, I think Luke Dunstan is one of the more underrated players in our team, but I don't know where he's at. I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he's going to get a game this year. There was talk of him going to a an Adelaide club, because that's where he's from. He's from South Australia. Um, at the end of last year, that didn't eventuate. He's played 104 games, Luke Dunstan. You wouldn't think it. Those outside the club would go, Luke Dunstan, yeah, what's he played? Like 40-something? Yeah, no, he's played 104 games. And he's a good player. Really good, pure inside mid. Really underrated. He's had a couple, he had a couple of injury problems last year. He had pec issues. Um, but now he's an assistant midfield coach for the 
AFLW side, which I think is excellent for him. Um, I think for that reason, he will not be selected in the team more as an emergency for the first few rounds of the season, just while we're finishing off um, the women's season. I don't think he'll be getting picked. But, you know, if we have more injuries, I think him and Bytel will be fighting it out for that first spot that opens up in that in the midfield. I think he, he could definitely play some games later on in the year. Um, he needs to decide whether he wants to stay at St Kilda or not or move back to Adelaide. And that will see where his, where his future goes. But he's wearing the number seven, which is a big number for St Kilda, Lenny Hayes' number. Um, it was given to him by Lenny, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with his future. Okay, number six, Seb Ross. He's played 140 games, Ross, and oh, I he's not my favourite player. He's not. He is one of those... A lot of clubs have these players that are considered good, but often they're just accumulators, which means they just get lots of possessions and aren't very damaging with them. Um, with the additions of Crouch and you know Clark playing more midfield time and Gresham playing more midfield time, Ross is another player who's going to be spending more time off halfback, and I actually think it might do him a lot of good. I really think it might. He, he actually strikes me as the kind of player that would play that halfback flank role. Like, he's a very good midfielder, but I think he's very good by foot, and for some reason, when I think halfback flank, I think kicking. I think kicking up that wing or through the corridor. That is what I imagine, which is kind of a strange thing to imagine, but that's what I imagine. And I think him sort of rotating with Sinclair and maybe even like so him, Sinclair and Clark all sort of, you know, one by one filling that sixth, sixth, position in the back line as they rotate between there and the midfield, I think will be the mix that they'll go with. Um, but yeah, I think Ross will find him. This will be the least amount of time he's played in the midfield in a long time. Long, long time. Maybe ever. Gotta remember, he's one best and fairest, this fella. Um, but yeah, I don't think he'll be attending as many centre bounces as he has in the past. We will see. He could even play on a wing. He could definitely play on a wing for sure. Um, next up, Brad Crouch, sitting on just the 95 games. I couldn't believe that one I saw. Already thought he, I thought he would have played at least like 150. He's a best and fairest winner as well. And he's like 26 or 27. I thought he definitely would have played 100 games at least. But no, just the 95. Shows you how injury prone he is. Just the 95 games. Um, I don't know. He'll be in the team in round three when his suspension ends. But... I don't know. That, I thought it was really odd that they only gave him limited minutes in the Carlton game. I thought that was odd. And I wasn't super... Like, I thought he was serviceable in the North game. I was like, yeah, that's all right. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to wait to see him play. Because he's another big name player. Big money player. It's come across in the trade period. The third really big midfielder in a row. Like, three years in a row. we got Hanabry. Then Hill, now Crouch. Like in terms of name recognition, they're all pretty on par, for being real. Um, 
So he's got he's got a lot of pressure to live with, like especially the, serving the first couple of rounds out by suspension. He's got a lot to prove, not just to the the team but to the supporters. I haven't decided if I like him yet, so I'm going to wait and see how he, you know, how hard he works to earn that place in the team. That's what I'm saying. Okay, next up, number four. Only a few to go. Only a few to go. We're nearly there. Number four is Jade Gresham. Obviously, missed the end of the season, the last sort of two months of last year, where I think it was a back problem. Um, he's back, looking fresh now. Played the 92 games. He'll bring up the 100 this year. I can't decide yet whether I prefer him in the forward line or the midfield. Maybe this will be the year where I figure that out, but he's really damaging in both positions. He needs to get more deliberate with his clearance work. Sometimes he just throws it on the boot and just tries to take grass. Not always the best thing to do. Um, if he can clean that up, be a really elite midfielder. He's already an elite forward, but he could be a really good midfielder as well. All right, Zach Jones, another player who has a little bit of more injury trouble that I'm really happy with. Um, it looks like he's going to play round one. He's fought off, I think it was a calf niggle that he that he's had the last few weeks, but it looks like he's going to play. Um, he's on the 106 games, so he, he's he's already had he's already got quite a decent career behind him. He's he's not old though; he's only 25 or 26, so he's right in that real perfect age range that St Kilda seem to have been targeting. Um, he he was. Just about my favourite, probably after Butler, he was my favourite acquisition in that big trade period from a year and a half ago. Really, I had no idea how fast and agile and powerful he was. Really, really great player and versatile. Like He can play wing on baller and I believe at one point he was playing half back at Sydney. It's not where he prefers to play, but he can. So... I like having as many versatile players on the list as we possibly can. The more, the better. All right, number two, Jake Carlisle. I really thought Carlisle was going to play round one, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't think he's going to. He's stuck on 147 games. Um, well, not stuck. He was playing last year, but, you know, he's on 147 games. So I think he'll bring up the 150 this year. It's... It's if it's where Frawley's at. If Frawley's fit, I think he plays ahead of Carlisle. And it's whether it's how much they like Tom Highmore. Now, Carlisle's two metres tall, which is really good to have when you've got two key forwards to deal with. Um, but if we're playing clubs that don't have more than one real big forward, you don't need Carlisle. And Carlisle's a great player. He's such a good player. But he is slow and not always super clean with his hands. Like he's, his strengths are his, sometimes his marking, his, his spoiling is always top notch and his decision-making is always very good. And his ability to really manhandle key forwards is always good. He's a really big boy, real big, two meters tall and wide. Carlisle's got these long arms and he's a wide dude, so he's, he's a really good player. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's By the middle of the year, I think we'll know where he's at. If he hasn't played a game by the bye, he won't be at St Kilda next year. He'll either retire or he'll try and find 
a position at some other club because I don't know, he's, he seemed out of favour. He's sort of been played by necessity quite a bit, but he was dropped for like a month straight last year, so he's out of favour a little bit. All right, last one, last one. A guy who I think will be a future captain of this football team. That's the vibe I get from him. It's Nick Coffield. He's played just the 36 games, but I've talked about composure with other defenders like Howard and Wilkie. This guy is composure, and he's the perfect size, 191 centimetres, I think. So that perfect mix of being tall and being able to play on smaller players, he's only going to get better. He had a breakout year, like in terms of sort of at a club level, if that makes sense, last year. Like he became, he finished fifth or sixth in the best and fairest. Um, he's only going to get better. Him and Clark have been great to watch so far. They're both only going to get better. Picks seven and eight, respectively, in the 2017 draft. Okay. We got through all of that. I think I'm going to stick by that whole segment. It was a very long segment, but I kind of enjoyed doing it. It's more for the fans who don't know as much about the team as others. Um, But I hope it was interesting enough. All right, next up, I'm going to predict our team for round one. Let me have some more water. Okay. The round one team is actually not that hard to pick once you consider all the injuries and suspensions and all that. So the full forward line, so the forward pockets, I have Butler and Membry, and then I have King at full forward. Pretty straightforward, that. Um, Then the half forward, so on the flanks, I have Loney and Billings. Loney has definitely earned his spot in round one after the four goals against Carlton. Um, I think he's going to cement his spot in the side this year, and Billings, I'm sticking with that forward roll, forward and mid, maybe like 60-40, might be like 50-50, but I'm thinking like 60-forward, 60-40, forward mid, um, and then McKernan at centre-half forward, it's a backup ruck, another tall, tall forward boy. Uh, the centre line, I have Hill and Clark on the wings, I could definitely see Clark playing in the centre of the ground for sure, playing on ball, but you know, the wing is a perfectly fine place for him to be. Um, and then Jones in the centre. Obviously, that is that's the position he plays. He's a you know on baller. That's where he'll be if he's in the team. That's if he's in the team. If he's in the team, it's hard to know just yet. They haven't announced yet whether or not he'll be playing. Um, half back line on the two flanks. I have Long and Sinclair. Sinclair now definitely going to be playing that half back role. So definitely have him there. Centre half back Howard, obviously. Um, there's no one else that I would have have there. He is, you know, he like could be more of a fullback, but I think that's going to be more Wilkie's position as that anchor in the in the goal square. That's where I've got him. So the fullbacks got Caulfield, and I have got Highmore in in the two back pockets, um, and then Wilkie is the fullback. I really like him as fullback. Just that kind of. Just seeing everything, seeing the whole ground, being that last line. I really trust him in that position. It's an important position. Um, yeah, Highmore in that back pocket. I think they're going to go with him. I think they won't worry about the you know the GWS forwards all being a little bit taller than most of our defenders. They'll trust Wilkie and Highmore and Caulfield will be tall enough to deal with them. Howard obviously is, but Howard's only one man. 
Um, and then the on-ballers, the followers, got Hunter in the ruck. Obviously, that's already been confirmed by Rats that that'll be happening. Then I've got Gresham and Steele as the as the two other on-ballers. Pretty straightforward also. The bench, I have Battle, Ross, Webster, and Higgins. Battle, obviously. I like putting Battle on the bench because he can play anywhere. I like the idea of like him starting the game not knowing where he's going to go. Obviously, he knows where he's going to go when he first goes on the ground, but he could be anywhere. That's why he's on the bench, right? I kind of like that idea. Ross, just because I don't think he's in our starting midfield or back line at the moment. Just got him on the bench, which I think is fair enough. He might um, he might be starting on the ball, Gresham starting forward, and then like loaning on the bench, something like that. But I think I would have Ross on the bench. I've got Webster on the bench. Super excited to see him playing again. He'll definitely be playing round one. And to see him like being more damaging on turnovers with the ball would be really good to see. Um, Higgins as well, just because I couldn't really fit him in in that in that 4-6. Definitely in the team, though, 100%. He might even get a fair bit of midfield time as well. Don't know if he will to begin with. Um, everyone says he's got the engine for it, but we'll have, just have to wait and see. It was I was definitely impressed by how many disposals he had against Carlton, for sure. Um, but we'll just wait and see. And then I've also got the emergencies. I think the emergencies will be. This is also kind of easy because there wasn't a whole lot of players left. Um, I've got Bytel in there. Pretty pretty obvious. I've got Carlisle in there just in case because he would be the next big defender to come in if something were to happen. Um, I've got Mason Wood in there just in case, you know, Membry, Battle, McKernan, King, one of those boys can't play for whatever reason. You've got to have Wood there to step into their role. And then I've got Dan McKenzie as well, because now they're sort of saying they're going to play him as a midfielder, but he can also be that sort of medium to small defender backup as well. So that's what I think our round one team will look like. I'm not going to do this every week because it'll just get tedious, but it is something I like to do with myself is just do a little um, mock, not even mock, I try to fully predict down to individual positions <laughs> where players are going to be selected in our lineup each week. It's just a little game I play with myself for fun. Um, as I said in my 2020 season review last year, I also have an Excel spreadsheet where I do the best and fairest. If you really want to nerd out with me, which I am doing again this year, super excited to get into that. Um, but yeah, that's what I reckon our lineup will look like. You can't really, there isn't a whole lot of room wiggle room with that given the injuries um the only thing that might be different might be you know is the carlisle versus highmore situation which of them's going to be playing and also jones if jones isn't declared fit it'll be bytel that comes in i'd imagine other than that the rest is pretty set i don't think they'll be much different from this i kind of met like dunstan won't be playing because he's still got the commitment to the girls girls team i would say um yeah, that'll pretty much be it. Just before I wrap this long, long episode up, I want to talk about best and fairest. I've also done who I, what I think our top 10 will be for the best and fairest this year, so I'll just run through that quickly. In 10th, I have Membry. I did have Ryder, but now he's going to be missing 
who knows how much footy. It's everyone's guessing maybe three to four weeks. So I think that'll make it hard to pile in the top 10 of the best and fairest. So I've got Membry in there and I've got Wilkie only finishing so low just because of the other players around him are going to get a lot better. Um, Marshall in eighth. Again, I would have him higher, but he's going to be missing a few games early in the season, which will hurt him. I've got Caulfield in seven. So not getting worse than last year, but it's more other players getting better. Clark in six. He's going to have another really solid year. Butler in fifth. Again, not getting worse, but other players around him getting better. Hill in fourth. So a lot better than he finished last year. Um, I just think the game is now back where he wants it, and he's going to love playing at Marvel. In three, I have Sinclair. This is how highly... I rate his move to halfback. This is what I think it's going to do for his career. He's going to finish top three in our best and fairest. And then in second, I have Jack Steele. Oh, yes, he's not winning it two years in a row. I have Dougal Howard winning our best and fairest. Just off his form in the preseason, he looks so sharp. He looks way sharp. He was brilliant last year, but he looks even sharper now than he did then. Something about the way he was playing makes me feel so safe. Like, I I feel like I'm going to finally stop being nervous every time St Kilda has the ball in our back line, (laughs) which has been my state of mind for years. Every time they're passing it around, like, oh, they're going to turn it over. Oh, it's going to go wrong. But now I don't feel that. And it's because of Wilkie and Howard mainly. Um, So, yeah, that's my prediction for the top 10 in the BNF and that is my 2021 St Kilda season preview done and dusted um the first six games aren't too bad we got a lot of them they're the ones that have been confirmed in terms of dates and times um I think the rest of the season will be confirmed sooner rather than later now the vaccine's getting rolled out in more places but um the first six rounds are set in stone got quite a few games at Marvel early which will be good um the west coast one though it's at marvel probably might be the toughest um then we have richmond in there as well can't remember but i really think like if we have 15 or 16 games at marvel this year we should be winning 13 or 14 of them seriously like it like I learned last week that we're actually the oldest list in the AFL, which surprised me enormously. I don't think our best 22 is the oldest in the competition, but our list is the oldest in the competition. So it's time to strike. And I mean this seriously now. This is not like, oh, I hope we do really good. Like maybe not this year, but this year I really expect us to make a prelim and then next year to win the whole thing. That is where that is what I think we should be aiming for with this list. They've compiled this list specifically to win a flag. This is not, I know, we're trying to maybe plan to possibly build to something here. They have targeted specific players. They haven't gone to the draft anymore. They've targeted lots of players from other clubs because they're building something specific. And that's something that's going to win a flag. And I believe that fully. Probably not this year, but... 
within the next three years. This is what we're heading towards. So I'm super, super excited to see how this year goes. I fully expect us to win in Sydney against the Giants next week. But we'll have to wait and see. One more week to go. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on Instagram, timespent underscore podcast. Tell your friends, leave reviews, all of that really cool stuff that I'd really appreciate. And wherever you are, if you're not in one of the lucky places that's starting to get the vaccine, keep looking after yourselves. And I will catch you guys next time. Bye.